Welcome to PH Balance, the podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly things that occur in our relationships and our need for healing in them and through them. And I'm your host, Lakeisha Jones. So let's be intentional and find our balance. Today's topic is effective communication versus ineffective communication. Effective communication is defined as verbal speech or other methods of relaying information to get a point across. For the listeners, this includes active listening for the purpose of gaining understanding. For the speaker, this includes sticking to the topic, being clear and concise with the information you're trying to convey. So when we think about effective communication, a lot of times we're thinking communication is just in romantic relationships. But when we learn how to effectively communicate, we can do so in our dating and marital relationships. We can do so in our parental relationships and our friendships and in our work relationships. So it is very important to know how to effectively communicate. Again, it is defined as verbal speech or other methods of relaying information. So other methods, in addition to verbally speaking, is nonverbal cues, because nonverbal cues will tell a person a lot when you're talking to them. If you're showing no emotion, if you appear angry, if you appear frustrated, but you're saying that you're not angry or you're not frustrated, that's telling a different story from what your verbal is saying. So it's very important that we know that when we're communicating effectively, that if what we are saying is one thing, what we're doing in that same process of speaking lines up. In addition It's not just what you say or what you do. It is also what you do not say that speaks a very clear message to the listener, especially if the listener has asked you a question or a series of questions and you're now speaking to to those questions. So it is very important that you are clear and concise in how you are communicating the information that you want to be conveyed to the person you're speaking with. Now, for the the person who is listening, they should be listening for the purpose of gaining understanding. That is what is effective communication. They're not listening for the purpose of responding. What gets most human beings in trouble when it comes to communication is that we're trying to respond to what is being said. As soon as we hear something that we feel the need to defend or correct, we have either cut that person off or we formulate in our minds our response, which means that we're no longer 100% present to hear what is being said to us. And when you're not 100% present in your listening, you may miss what is being said, which may address what you're trying to defend or address or correct. So it is very important that we learn to be active listeners and reflective listeners. Being a reflective listener is after you have actively listened to a person, you've allowed yourself time and space to take in what is being said so that you can come back and repeat what you have heard in a paraphrased manner to ensure that what you heard was clearly what was being conveyed. 
So what does ineffective communication sound like? Hmm. It can sound like toxic talk. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and when they start off telling you about how they feel about something, instead of saying, I feel like this, when you hear you make me, you did this. And because of you, that is toxic talk because now they're assigning blame. They're assigning responsibility for their feelings. And that is ineffective communication. When we are communicating with another person, we always want to take ownership of how we feel about certain things or how we receive certain things rather than assigning the blame or the responsibility of how we have interpreted that information to that person. That's not fair to them. We interpret the way that we as the individual interprets. The person that is speaking is not at fault for how we interpret something. They may be a contributor, but the responsibility and the ownership is not fully on them. They may be a contributor because of the fact that they've used certain language. They may be a contributor because of how they have said certain things. They may be a contributor because of the fact that they have maybe yelled or um, cursed you in the process of having that conversation or spoken to you in a manner that is degrading and belittling. But even though, though they are a contributor, the ownership for how it is received is not 100% on them. We have to assume some ownership and some responsibility in how we receive what is being communicated to us. And when we do that and we're conveying our feelings in return, because we're accepting ownership, we are being effective in our communication versus being ineffective and assigning blame or assigning ownership. And it's not just in what we've heard, but sometimes um, it could be, for an example, if someone moves something in the house and you can't find it, or you believe they've moved it in the house and you can't find it, when you're automatically yelling at them, you move my such and such, you touched it. And I told you not to touch it, not to bother with it. And they're like, I didn't touch it. And you're like, yes, you did. And when you find it, you realize, oh, I forgot I put it here. But in that communication, it was automatically assuming that they touched, that they moved it instead of just saying, hey, have you seen? Did you see where I last placed? Taking responsibility. And it is human nature to make assumptions. It is human nature to blame. But it's a human nature that we must be intentional on changing. A lot of what goes south in our relationships is due to lack of intentionality. We have to be intentional in our communication. We have to be intentional in what we're saying when we're communicating. Sometimes we have to understand that the way that we want to answer a question is not necessarily the best way to answer the question. For example, Women, we have the tendency to ask loaded questions. Do I look fat in this dress? And if our partner says, yes, we're upset, our feelings are hurt. But does that mean that that's how our partner has to respond? Not necessarily. Our partner can say, well, that dress doesn't, um, it doesn't accentuate your body the way that you deserve to have your body be accentuated. Or that dress doesn't do you justice things of that nature. It may make us look fat in that dress. 
It may not be appealing for us to wear that dress, but we want them to be honest with us in a way that is not going to be hurtful. So it's a matter of taking a step back and being able to reflectively hear what was being asked and then make a a response that is not going to be hurtful. But then sometimes that also means that as the speaker, when we're asking the question, if we're, if we know we're going to get an answer that is not going to be suitable, don't ask the question. It can be that simple, but that is how we have the effective communication because when, when the communication becomes ineffective, it becomes toxic talk. When we're blaming one another, when we're saying things that we know are going to be hurtful, even though we're just trying to be honest because they asked and we're just telling them the truth. Does it mean that we have to be blunt and to the point and have no regard for their feelings? Absolutely not. We need to have some regard for their feelings. It is definitely important that we have regard for our significant other's feelings. Same thing with our coworkers, same thing with our children. We need to take their, their feelings into consideration in relationships, work relationships, romantic relationships, parental relationships, and friendships. We have a responsibility to affirm the people that we are involved with. We want to be honest with them, but our honesty doesn't have to be destructive. We can be honest and still affirm them. So that's important to think about because when we have, when we're constantly communicating in an ineffective manner, it has a negative impact on our relationship. Most people tend to go into fight, flight, or freeze, right? So in ineffective communication, um, some people will fight. And so they're going to go for the low blows. They're going into that that pocket um, or that bag of the deep, dark secrets. And the moment you say something they don't like when they say, well, yeah, that dress does make you look fat. Well, you ain't no spring chicken yourself. You ain't exactly built and, and all felt. You, you need to lose some weight, too. You could stand to lose a couple pounds or to push away from the table. That's ineffective communication. But because now their feelings are hurt, they reach into the ineffective communication pocket. And now they're speaking from that place. And where are we getting? Nowhere. Now we're back and forth. We've both hurt each other's feelings and we're saying things that might very well be true, but is it necessary? Is it necessary to be said? Is it necessary? Probably not. Most of us are aware of the fact that we need to push away from the table. Most of us are aware of the fact that we've put on a little bit of weight. We recognize it when we put our clothes on and they don't fit quite the same, but we don't need our partner constantly reminding us of such things. Okay. So then we have to think about the flight. A lot of people, they don't want to deal with it anymore. So they want to end the relationships. They want to cause an argument and walk away. Um, That's the flight. Then you have the freeze. The freeze is where the person shuts down. They don't want to have this conversation. It's not quite that they're in and flight and freeze are very similar, but the freeze person, they will just stand there and take it. They're not necessarily walking away, but they'll take it. They'll take what's being said. They'll take what's being done and they will not respond. They just freeze. They shut down. And I find myself to be a little bit of fight, flight, and freeze, depending on the situation and depending on the relationship. For me, in a romantic relationship, I have been the one that would freeze. 
I would shut down completely because that is the way that I protect myself emotionally. I'm guilty of doing that in work relationships as well. But in the parenting relationship, because of the fact that I had a level of control or power, I would fight. Because I felt more confident in my role in that relationship than I did in the dating relationship or than I did in the work relationship. And in, in, in the friendships, it just depends on the friendship. It depended on how much I valued the friendship or how much I had been pushed to a certain point on whether it would be fight, flight, or freeze. And, and when I look over the course of friendships, it's been a little of, of everything in those friendships. But I'm learning after having had certain relationship experiences that I'm now in position to where I'm willing to fight. But I'm not willing to fight because I want to be ineffective. I'm willing to fight because I recognize the value in my voice, the value in being heard. So fight, flight and freeze doesn't necessarily have to be negative. It can be positive. Sometimes there is a need to take flight from a relationship and not taking flight is in running away and not dealing with it. Um, the, the, the conversation forever, but maybe you need to walk away to allow cooler heads to prevail. And then fight. Sometimes you have to stand your ground and stand up for yourself. And that is okay. And freeze. Sometimes you do have to take the step back to protect yourself, especially if you know that the person you are dealing with is not going to respect or value your feelings and your emotions. And that is something that may be detrimental to you. It doesn't always have to be negative, but we want to make sure that we're utilizing our fight, flight and freeze in a positive manner. And then also in our communication, we have different communication styles. You have some people who are avoidant. They don't want to deal with any type of conflict, any type of conversation that makes them uncomfortable. So they avoid it at all costs. You will not get anywhere in your relationship, regardless of the relationship type, avoiding important conversations. You must have those conversations. You have some people who are aggressive Oh, we're going to talk about this and we're going to talk about this now. You're going to hear me. That is not necessarily the best approach. You can be assertive by standing your ground, saying what needs to be said, saying how you feel and not allowing yourself to be trampled over in your and, and have your feelings or or your words be discounted but at the same time not being forceful and aggressive and not being avoidant. So it is very important that what we work on improving our communication with our our in our relationships with our coworkers, with our children, with our friends, with our parents and other family members, with anyone that we come in contact with, because when we improve our communication, we have better, healthier and lasting relationships. Effective communication makes for happier times together. We can have a conversation. We can move forward with that conversation. And then we can be happy and we can improve together. We must seek to first understand before being understood. Oftentimes in communication, we want to speak first 
And sometimes we don't want to hear what the other person has to say. We just want to say what we have to say and be done with it. But that's not fair. We must seek to first be under to first to understand and then to be understood. And when we do this, this creates conditions of trust and healthy relational bonds. So this has just been a short conversation on effective versus ineffective communication. If you feel you need support on learning how to effectively communicate, whether you need to do so on an individual level or as a couple, a family, seek out the mental health professionals that are there and available because ineffective communication contributes to an unhealthy mental health. We all have mental health. The question is, Is your mental status healthy or is your mental status unhealthy? And I'm not just talking about diagnosis such as depression or bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or things of that nature that may require ongoing counseling or medication. I am talking about just being able to be happy in your relationships. Being happy with who you are being happy with who you're with, being happy in the role that you're serving in. Every last one of us deserve to be in healthy relationships and to have healthy bonds. But the responsibility is not on the other parties in that relationship. It is on everyone that is involved. So please, Make sure that when you are communicating with your loved ones, your friends, and your coworkers, that you are being intentional and communicating effectively. I'm your host, Lakeisha Jones. Thank you for tuning in to PH Balance. Please make sure you're being intentional and finding your balance.